0: This is just is great. My favorite system, a lock. And I got Monty in the truck with a wedding cake. I got to pick up my mother, take it to the beauty parlor. What's the tip? Um, big boy in a fifth. Forget it. The fifth goes off at three. We going to the track? No, I can't go. I got a bar to run. You said it's a short thing. It's 40 to 1. Yeah. Hey, wake up. We're closing up. I didn't finish my drink yet. You're finished now. Come on, get out of here. Here. Sixty seconds to post time. Your next buddy. What? Are you going to place a bet or what? Oh yes. Um yes. I'd like the number uh, seven horse, please. And I'd like thirty to put, seconds uh, to post time. Two dollars to win, and two dollars to place, and uh, two dollars to show. Okay, buddy. But look, the next time you invest. remember. Instead, instead of saying $2 to, to win, $2 to place, $2 to show, just say 2 across the board. Gee, you, you mean instead of $2, $2 to win, $2 to place and $2 oh, to we'll show, go? While we're just, young, all right? Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with your host, Dave Juskow, on a St. Patrick's Day edition. Didn't see that coming, did you? Rico Kasik, Rico Casick, singing zippity Doodah" Makes no sense whatsoever. How did this happen is the question. Come on, tell me you didn't see that coming. You didn't see it coming, right? <laughs> well, some of you might have seen it coming, I guess. Probably know some of his other work. Rick Ocasek's. And I'm sorry if I keep pronouncing it wrong. I really just don't care. Um, Turned 70 this week. 70. What? That could explain the lackluster performance at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right, I went there. He's goddamn 70. Well, Paul McCartney still brings it, so uh, who knows? Maybe it had something to do with this song. How could this have happened? (laughs) Key change! I think this came out in 1991, so we'll just blame it on the 80s, because that's the only way this could have happened. I can tell you for sure, I mean, it's definitely got something to do with the 80s, because the list of artists on this uh, compilation, uh, simply mad about the mouse, well, uh, as they say, quotes contemporary musicians doing versions of Disney songs, include... uh, include this one by Bobby McFerrin so then we know for sure it was from the 80s. Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy was never seen again except maybe for this other song. So we know how old this compilation is. Then, get anything with Rick Ocasek would be uh, you know an old compilation. But obviously everybody who was big at the time, which would be Rick Ocasek. Bobby McFerrin oh is this horrible or what this is the worst album ever that's why you never heard of it before Uh, Michael Bolton it's all adding up now I don't know when Disney came up and they were just like these would be people that would be famous forever Uh, uh, these are all horrible without even starting the songs Oh. And Vogue, what? And Vogue? Oh, these are horrible. Who's this asshole? The only one that might have survived the '80s, and yet, do we call it surviving? You probably know from his swing. <laughs> oh, it's everybody's favorite. Harry Connick Jr., everybody. Oh, is this guy the most annoying guy ever? Forget about, don't worry, Besides Rick O'Kazek, who clearly, when after listening to this, has the best song on the album, the, the only person who's still halfway relevant the- is everybody's favorite, for real. I mean I don't know whether he's relevant anymore but I mean he still sells out the garden every month. When a star is born. It's everybody's favorite Billy Joel, everybody. They receive
1: Well, at least they got this one right.
0: Two, one of them is this Horrible. So let's go back to this one cuz this is awesome then. Yeah, that makes this song the best song on the album. The Birthday Boy, Rico Cassick. I'm gonna save his name differently every time. This is the best song ever. They just gave you a sample of that album again. That's why you never heard of it before. Man about the mouse. Shut up! Zippity doo die, my shoulders. It's a truth woo! Everything is woo! Well, it is the Nightfly, everybody, getting off to a hilarious start in this year of 2019. Like 30 years later after this stupid album came out and uh, a beautiful St. Patrick's Day here in New York City. A lovely sunny yet cold day. The weather is uh, freaking me out. It's a uh, Acting, you know, I mean, I definitely, I definitely get, I don't, I'm not sick, but my nose is runny and stuff because, because it was 74 on Friday and it's 32 today. And that kind of fluctuation always messes up your pal, Dave guys, you can hear my voice. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I slept with my window open, which, you know, Ben Franklin used to do and he seems okay and he lasted a long time. And I'm looking out the window at this beautiful day, but I am telling you, they are just doing so much construction outside my window that the view is pretty much almost gone. I mean, they got the the crane up still, and that'll be up forever. But now they're building an additional building on Roosevelt Island, which just completely takes away any view I might have had. It's horrible. Everything is satisfactory. <laughs> what? Meanwhile, let's face it. We know how I am. If Rico Caso was here right now, I'd be like, oh, I got to tell you, that's zippity doo I mean, that is, wow. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, whatever. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. And I hope everybody's having a lovely, stupid St. Patrick's Day. God, I hate St. Patrick's Day. I really do. And uh, as you know, I hate most of the holidays that have anything to do with uh, fun and merriment in Manhattan because they affect me. Um, Now, this stupid St. Patrick's Day parade that they have, this dumb fucking piece of shit that they got going on every year usually affects me because it's on a goddamn weekday. Oh, you got to have it on the 17th. It's got to be on the 17th. And um, it affects me because I work on Fifth Avenue, and there's just uh, everybody's annoying. They make it difficult to get to a job you don't feel like going to anyway. And it just really blows and you can't cross the street. You can't get lunch. It's 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 the worst. So these two faced motherfuckers, these Irish folk, um, they're so afraid of of Jesus and the afterlife. Uh, although you wouldn't think that when they're drinking all day, that um, they uh, they oh they can't do it on Sunday because they gotta because go, it's church on Sunday. Because all that drinking, they gotta do confession. So they had the parade on Saturday. Well, thank God I found out in advance so I could get the hell out of here on Friday and come back on Saturday night way after the parade was over. And it actually makes uh, this particular St. Patrick's Day not as evil. And uh, when I say evil, I mean that because I was actually doing some research on St. Patrick, and it turns out he was a pedophile. He was raping little boys. He um, actually massacred over 3 million Jews, they don't talk about it because Hitler usurped him by an extra 3 million, this St. Patrick was a horrible, horrible, rotten motherfucker. So when this finally gets out, you know, sooner or later, I guess people will stop celebrating this awful, horrible holiday. Now, um, everything I'm saying is, uh, I made that up. I guess I'm saying it because... um, Well, first of all, can't you see it happening one day that somebody does some research into this? And maybe I should do it. I should go into research. I'm I'm probably going to get, you know, shot by the Catholic Church somehow, you know, mafia style, like that guy in Staten Island. Just doing the research would be like Da Vinci Code shit. You know, you find out some dirt on this guy and people are going to be really pissed. But um, I should do some research. But everything I made up was, was made up. But wouldn't it be easy... Wouldn't it, because you're sitting there going like, wow, I didn't realize anything. Wouldn't it be easy for me to really just, in this day and age, say all that? Who wouldn't buy it? What if I said, what if I was a scientist or a researcher and I just came up with all this? Why wouldn't you buy it? Oh, here's my documentation that's just false. I mean, that's the funny thing. Everything is kind of game now. Nobody has any proof of anything. I mean... Everything's fake news, and nobody cares. And uh, it's easy to besmirch somebody's character. So, I mean, let's look at uh, this Lori Loughlin, uh, whatever, however you pronounce her name. This idiot that nobody cares. I mean, this is the greatest story that ever happened. Because you got the th- you got the guy in New Zealand, right, who shot up all the stuff, who's ruining everybody's good time with the Lori Loughlins. Now, how happy! Now, if, if, the only thing that could have been better for Lori Laughlin is if. This didn't happen in New Zealand and it happened in, you know, Massachusetts or somewhere closer to the U.S. That's the only thing that that's the kind of thing. Who's that guy that uh, my nose is running? I'm sorry. What is is his name? Chandra Levy. Was that the one? And and the guy who um, we're pretty sure had her killed, the congressman or senator or something. And then September 11th happened. Wasn't that the case? And he was like. Everybody forgot about that guy because he would definitely in this day and age, he would have been gone immediately. But September 11th happened and he gets you know, he gets squared. Isn't that what Lori Laughlin at this point? I mean, wouldn't I mean, seriously, if you were Lori Laughlin and you just wanted this all to go away, a good old massacre is usually helpful. However, in this day and age, just shooting up 14 people apparently isn't just even newsworthy. I mean, nobody and it's in New Zealand and that's the tragedy of all of it. But here's the worst part about, um, the the well, the well, the worst and the best part, right? So the worst part is this guy shoots up a thing and he puts it on social media, he puts it on Facebook. It's, it's horrible, right? And you know more people are going to be doing that. And you know who I feel sorry for? I feel sorry for Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah, I feel sorry for him because here's a guy, you know, whatever you feel about this guy and whatever kind of douchebag he is or whatever he is, and we don't really know him, we just know he's probably autistic and... He's a, he's a retard. You got to take him to the zoo, right? Um, maybe you're jealous. Maybe you're not. Maybe you think he's great. Who 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 knows? But the fact of the matter is, you know that this guy didn't come up with this site. So people like this would put it up on a massacre on social media. You know, that's not what he came. I mean, that's the worst part. I feel bad for this guy. He's like, all all I did was make up this network to spite my girlfriend. You know, he was just in love with some girl. And he put this out. He's like, well, I'm going to, you know, be big. I'll show her. He certainly had no intention of, you know, people using it for bad. It's kind of like every movie we've ever seen. we got to get it out of the hands of the villains or they'll use it for evil. Well, I I, I never would have thought. You know, I mean, the funny thing is, is that Facebook and, and Twitter have been actually used for so many good things, for getting rid of dictators and stuff and getting people the information, but now I guess they're used for bad things, which was inevitable, and they have been in the past, but not like this. It's pretty bad, but I do feel bad for him. That certainly wasn't his intention. I hope nobody blames. Yeah, see that fucking Facebook? See what happens? I guarantee that was not his plan going in. I, I think he had all good intentions and to spite his girlfriend and make her look foolish. Like the end of that movie, The Social Network, where he's just clicking her. Uh, he's trying to get her friend re- request and refreshing it. I mean, that's hilarious. I believe that. Well, I don't believe that that exactly scenario happened, but I believe it, he definitely, we know he did it to win back a girl. Isn't that why any of us do anything? I'll show them. And then they'll like me. <laughs> but this Lori Loughlin, I mean, I know where I, I was on Fox News on Thursday. The great Tom Shalou show, the third hour is my favorite thing to do. Uh, they, uh, you know, they still get the hot girl. This is Jessica Turloff. She's okay. But, you know, now this is the second time I've been on with her. I guess they ran out of hot girls. I mean, it was going to happen eventually. They're going to run out of hot girls and double back around. But that's okay because they're still all really pretty. And, uh, yeah, so we were talking about it. And I said, the thing I said, and the thing I believe, you know, right now is that the best thing about this story, and you hate when something usurps it, I think I've used that word correctly. Um is that it's a wonderful story that everybody can gather around and talk about. Nobody died. You know, this is exactly what I was saying. And then this douchebag's got to kill a bunch of people, but you know, nobody nobody died. It, it's like, you know, it's just a bunch of jerk-offs that you that you hate anyway, and they're privileged pricks. And it's a story that you can talk about with I said with your doorman, so it's funny, because I said with your doorman, so then I look like a privileged Break. It's like, but that's the only example I have. No, but no, but that's what I, you know. So, but it is something you can talk about with your, you know, whoever your your housekeeper, your gardener, whatever. I, I now I'm stretching right to look good. No, I'm a normal guy. I'm a normal guy. I just happen to have a doorman, you know, and uh, just happen to live in a high rise in New York City, you know. But no, I'm a normal guy. I'm a normal. But um. but it is something you can talk about at the, you know, the deli downstairs or the guy like, you know, I went in to get some lottery tickets. What, Lori Loughlin for the house? And I'm like, what? And then I realized what he was saying. (laughs) And it's, uh, you know, it's it's a great story. You can just make fun of and have a good time. And I mean, who doesn't hate Lori Loughlin's daughter? I mean, who doesn't hate, what's her name, Olivia, I think. Who doesn't hate this girl? Who doesn't hate, I mean, hate this just whorish twat there's no other word for it. She's on, you know, you hate these girls that are not self-made. You know, the thing about the Kardashians and the uh, w- whatever the one is who just said she was self-made or whatever, you know, they are self-made. in a. W- I mean, Lori Lufkin's kid did get spoke, you know, deals. She did. She was spokesperson. She was making her own money from Sephora and stuff like that. So there is a, a thing to it. But this one, for some reason, this kid found a way to make the Kardashians look okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how bad this one is. She actually made you feel that the Kardashians are okay people. This one you just want to hate. She's like, "Hey, I, ah, uh, I hate being in school. My parents made me go. I'm just gonna party." And then it gets worse. They, you know, it's just everything she has said has come back to haunt the whole family. And technically bought down the whole family by her stupid, selfish YouTube YouTubing. And, um, you know, she's like, yeah, my dad, he bluffed his way through school, didn't actually enroll. And he, so now he's screwed. And she bought the whole family down because she's a selfish prick. And uh, that's, you know, I mean, it's like, why would you even want to get a, a kid like that into school? How's that going to help If the way you buy her in? Doesn't she need... How can you be parents and say... I don't have any kids, right? But I'm, I would assume... How can you be parents and say, let's get her into a good school because she really just needs to be pampered some more? Doesn't this... How can you not be a parent and just say, this kid needs to learn a lesson? And if she doesn't get into school just because we have money, we have to find some way to teach her humility. So, I mean, I guess they're not worried because she's always going to have money forever. But now, thank God... They kicked her out of USC. She's leaving. I mean, let's hope. Let's hope it's bad for them, right? I mean, seriously, they're not nice people. I mean, this girl is just I mean, how do you just let this happen? How does the dad not say, like, sweetie, don't talk about our family life online and don't don't be so snobby on YouTube. You know, there's no reason for doing that. There's no reason to to show off how much money you have and do all that. How how is a a parent not, you know, just kind of saying, I mean, I know she's 18, but she's doing this since she she was younger. How do you not step in and say, you know, you could be a little kinder to people and, and not just, I know people, I know you got a lot of followers and I think that's great. You're getting ads for, you know, Sephora and beauty products and you are gorgeous, but, you know, just have some humility once in a while and realize that there's, There's people in other places who, you know, who didn't get what you have just by being a daughter of somebody who has money. How do you not make that lesson? You know, I told you I'm writing a book on parenting, so there it is, right? And why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't a single person who observes all these other idiots write a book on parenting? Why isn't there a book on parenting? So that's my plan. Put it into works already. I mean, uh... I hate this kid, but the story is great. I mean, really great because he can just, you know, talk about it with everybody. Everybody hates these people now. I mean, nobody doesn't like Aunt Becky, I and mean, we're not mad at Aunt Becky. I'm just mad at the daughter. She just seems like an asshole. But nobody hates hates Aunt Becky. I don't hate Felicity Huffman. What are you kidding? It's just it's just hilarious. It's just I don't you know we don't care. We don't care what happens to them. They are privileged. People, they were trying to cheat the system for people that can't afford school. You know, my sister and brother-in-law, I mean, are perfect examples of just working-class folks. Sure, they, maybe they make a little more than regular folk. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they, you know, it's, you know, he doesn't make that much money. doesn't make that much money. He doesn't even leave his house. I don't know how he makes money. I don't know how he affords to send two kids to school at the same time. It's almost impossible. But uh, so my sister, the other day, she's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to send uh, Billy to college. I think I'm, you know, I'm just going to let him act for a year. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm just going to act. And, you know, then maybe we'll move out to L.A. And I'm like, what? Have you seen this kid act? He stinks. Well, I'm saying all that because then it's all going to happen, right? Every time I tell somebody. I mean, I can't even believe it. Said, I said to my sister yesterday, I'm like, why couldn't mommy be like that? Would <laughs> be like, yeah, we need David to just start really concentrate on his acting career. That just didn't happen to people either back in the day. Certainly somebody like Billy who, you know, is okay looking, but he's not, you know, Justin Bieber looking, you know. I mean, that's that's when you would like kind of bank on somebody and be like, yeah, this kid's going to be a big star. But you know what she said? She said, there's so much work. There's so much work now. I guarantee within a year he totally gets something. She's probably right. I mean, with all this Netflix and Amazon, there's so much content. The question really is, How is Dave Juskow still working at a law firm? There's so much work for anybody of any age, of any color, of any creed, of any looks, of any weight, of any hair. There really is a lot of work. It's kind of embarrassing not to be able to actually get it at this point, so why not, Billy? I don't know. She wants him to get extra work. I'm like, oh my God, extra work. That's like the worst. That's the kind of work you get when your mother's not involved, you know, when you're struggling on your own, you're trying to act, but, you know, you need a couple, you need a hundred bucks each time, you know, you do this horrible, degrading extra work, but uh, I don't know, she's obviously lost her mind, Um, she's become one of those mothers, she's going to live through uh, her son uh, to live her dream, she truly is the, the, you know, the, the Ethel Merman character in Gypsy Now, and you know, this is what we're going to have to endure for the next uh, couple of years. But this, this, of course, makes for outstanding podcasting. And uh, once her son, you know, uh, slips his way further and further down into gay porn, then, uh, you know, she'll finally figure out that uh, maybe that wasn't the route for him. But, uh, you know, it's weird. For a kid like this, who's kind of a retard in a way, um, you know, better than Dory, uh, less of a social... you know, butterfly than Liza, my nieces. And um, uh, this kid should go to school to kind of, because it certainly helped me to kind of even out a little bit, you know, and you are going for the social. And she's like, well, why should I spend $30,000, $50,000 on just so he can discover the social aspect of college? And of course, she's got a point, but, you know, for me, uh, the social aspect of college, made it that I could function in a normal society as a as a weirdo and possibly even join the army uh, when I got out of college, which is something I couldn't see myself possibly ever doing at 18. But then, you know, once I got through school, I'm like, you know, if I had to join the army now, I could probably do it now because I'm more of a man, <laughs> whatever, whatever I am. But you know what I'm saying? I think I can handle, I mean, not. Nah, I obviously couldn't handle killing and all that violence, but, you know, I can handle what, you know, living with other people or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff even. I mean, that's even important. You know, Billy's had his own room. I had my own room all growing up, and then all of a sudden I have a college roommate, you know? It's like, um, it's kind of important to see that kind of aspect, but I guess you can do that all on your own if you just leave you know, leave the hood, but with, like I said, if his mother's helping him, I mean, it's like, how is that even doing anything on your own? I, I don't know. It all sounds suspicious. It's kind of interesting, but, uh, back to the Lori Laughlin thing, uh, there was a movie from 1999, um, that's, uh, 10 years after the, uh, Mad About the Mouse came out, <laughs> ah, with, uh, called The Thomas Crown Affair, a remake of the original Thomas Crown Affair with the great Steve McQueen and the absolutely gorgeous Faye Dunaway. And Faye Dunaway, who is uh, not absolutely gorgeous at this point, makes an appearance in The Thomas Crown Affair, done by uh, James Bond and Pierce Bronson and uh, Rene Russo. And I remember seeing the movie in the movie theater and, and Dennis Leary, and I liked it very much. I really did like it, and I'd never seen the original, so I was completely fine with it. And uh, I've seen it probably now, I don't know, 20, 25 times, whenever it's on. I enjoy it. It's a a well-done movie. You really can't go wrong just watching uh, Pierce Bronson do anything. We forgive him for the Bond years, but he will always still be James Bond. He won't be anyone's favorite unless, I guess, you grew up. If you were 13 and your first movie happened to be The World Is Not Enough, maybe the worst James Bond movie I've ever seen, Um, then you might love Pierce Bronson the way I will always love Roger Moore because I was 13 when The Spy Who Loved Me came out. So for me, The Spy Who Loved Me is one of the greatest Bond movies of all time. Now that I'm older and can look at the collection of Bond movies, I know that Casino Royale is the greatest Bond movie ever made. Yes, it's a fact. I mean, everybody has their own opinion, but I'm telling you, as far as the character of James Bond, the person who played James Bond, the script, the premise, and the whole thing of what we know about James Bond for the past 50 years... Casino Royale checks all the boxes for me at least, but I would think everybody because the movie is superior to any anything else. Now you know who doesn't like Goldfinger? I mean, it's fantastic, and you know for what James Bond became, and it probably launched why it has lasted fifty years. So you could look at it that way too. But I also like the Spy I Love Me. Is the Spy I Love Me stupid? You're damn right, it's stupid. It's ridiculous, but. Checks all the boxes in a different way of you know what we have also come to love about James Bond, which is ridiculously hot girls, cool cars, and a stupid villain who's going to take over the world. But that's why Casino Royale is so much better because it's not somebody who's going to take over the world. It's only about a certain amount of money, which is about you know uh, maybe a hundred million dollars or something. Uh, a really interesting, good Bond villain who cries blood. An awesome James Bond who doesn't take any shit and is still charming in a completely different way than a Roger Moore or or Piers Bronson. And an unbelievable script with great dialogue. And an amazing Bond girl who actually has a backstory and is a good actress. Uh, So it checks different kinds of boxes. It was the James Bond we were all kind of hoping uh, maybe things would happen after Roger Moore left, which I think it did, uh, Timothy Dalton's. Version of License to Kill is a really terrific Bond movie. He just wasn't the guy. But he's still good. But anyway, God, I'm digressing, right? I'm all over the place today, but that's okay. I have coffeeed up, ready to go. But um, so this Thomas Crown affair, the reason I bring it up is because it has this one line that I remember forever. And it completely fits into this Lori Laughlin. College story. And then that's the other thing. It's like, your kid is so goddamn stupid. Your kid is just looking at the mirror, looking at himself. The kind of millennials we absolutely hate. Rich. Born into, you know, the silver spoon. So pretty. I mean, we're not going to deny that. But, you know, spoiled. Absolutely. If she was in a movie, we would hate her so much. And, you know, she would be the girl you want to get, you know, chocolate pudding thrown on at the end. Oh, I mean we hate her. Uh I had a point. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I just hate this girl so much. Um She remind I mean she's just as bad as the kid from Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, who's like, I have been ready since first call. Now roll. I mean, she is that kid. This is Lori Loughlin's kid. They're just born stupid how do you not blame the parents this is veruca salt we're talking about oh that's what i was saying she her kid is so stupid she had to do all this to get in the usc and they live in california so whether it's a private school i mean there's got to be some deal where Lori laughlin can get her kid in the usc without all these smoke and mirrors you know what i'm saying this kid must be an idiot. If you're going to pull this scheme, and I know Yale was involved, I want it to be Harvard or Yale or at least Stanford. USC? You see some of the schools on there? Texas? Really? There's no way I'm pulling in those antics to try and get into Texas, University of Texas. Really? I'm pulling those strings to get my kid into Harvard if I was going to do that at all. And I can totally see myself doing this. Hey, I know a guy. You know, it'll just cost a little bit of money, like to me It'll be a little bit of money, but I know a guy. I can see myself absolutely doing it. And nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. It's just, nobody cares. Uh, getting your kids into school, it's just, and they got caught, and then you care. And then, and, and it's, you know, I don't think anybody cares really about Lori Laughlin or Felicity Huffman. Nobody's mad. It's, it's, the, it's that horrible daughter. And I think those YouTube videos just make everyone look at this Privilege, fuck! I am I wrong on that? It's got to be. If you've seen this girl's videos, that's the one that kills you the most. Look at this ungrateful little prick! How can it not come to that? I mean, everybody does whatever they have to do to make their kids have a better education. If you, it's just kind of funny that rich people actually would have to go to these lunch. Why not just donate the wing like you're supposed to, like Rodney Dangerfield did back to school? Just do that, old school. Uh, anyway, the point that I've been trying to make about the Thomas Crown affair is that there's this one line that Dennis Leary does, which is actually not in the actual script and was added in to the movie, and really, I guess the reason I remembered it even when it happened was uh, you know when I was watching it the first time and then subsequently saw it, and which i why I enjoyed the movie so much is the thing is. The premise is that uh, Pierce Bronson is a bored billionaire who um, likes to see if he can steal works of art from a museum, see if he can get away with it, because he's bored. And that's what he likes to do. So he steals a painting, but of course he doesn't admit it. You don't know. And this beautiful art appraiser, you know, uh, who works for the insurance company for whoever owns the painting or the museum or whatever, is on his case. Oh, she's tailing him. She knows he did it, but she's got to catch him in the act. Oh, it's the old school, and then all of a sudden she falls for him. Why wouldn't she? He's he's, he's rich. He's handsome. She's a sucker, just like any of us would be. Uh, and Dennis Leary plays the cop, who is you know got to find out who stole the painting. He's a New York City cop. He's got to find out who stole the goddamn painting. That's his job, and he knows that uh, Pierce Bronson stole the painting. He knows it too. And he also knows that Rene Russo is getting to like him and business and pleasure are combining. He knows it all. He's a really cool guy and he he does a good job with the movie, too. And uh, at the end, the painting goes back and he steals another one. It's a pretty good scene. It's uh, I remember in the movie theater, everybody going, oh, it was very clever the way uh, he puts the painting back, if you ever see it. And uh, I really remember, oh, people were applauding in the movie theater. This is 1999. Now we'd have to, you'd have to do something really spectacular to do that. Um, and, and then she leaves, and she's going. we know she's going to meet him at the airport, and Dennis Leary he goes, hey, where are you going? And you're a little nervous for a while because we know he's on to her, but he doesn't give a shit, and he knows he's going to meet her, but they don't say it. And, uh... And then they have a little talk, Rene Rousseau and Dennis Leary, and she's like, you know, did you ever... He, he, he doesn't care. He's like, uh, well, my job is done. So the other painting, why do you... Th- you know, whatever. It's not insured by my people, so I don't have to do the job. And he's like... Uh, but she's like, I know you have to pursue He goes, I don't really give a shit. And then she goes, you don't care if you catch him? He goes, I do what they tell me to do. And she said, did you ever care? And he goes, yeah, he pissed me off. But then he says this line. And this relates. I know it's just from the time of Crown Affairs. So you'd be like, I don't know why he's quoting this. But here's, you know me. Movie lines mean a lot to me. And when something's written as well as this, and I think about it all the time, I think about the Lori Laughlin thing and why it's so hilarious and why nobody was hurt and why it's a good story for all of the regular folk. And he says, the week before I met you, I'm talking to Rene Russo, this is a New York City cop, I nailed two crooked real estate agents and a guy who was beating his kids to death. So if some Houdini wants to snatch a couple of swirls of paint that are only really important to some silly, very silly rich people, I don't give a damn. I like that saying. I always say to myself, if some Houdini wants to snatch a couple swirls of paint that are really only important to some very silly rich people, I don't really give a damn. Then she gives him this kind of hot kiss. She's like, you really are a good man. It's sexy. What a great way to put it. He's doing his job. He really doesn't care. It's a stupid painting. Now I know, you know, it's like no, but it's a classic. But that, but if you look at it that way, so Moudini wants to snatch a couple of swirls of paint. I mean, that's pretty much what these people are doing. I mean, you know, it's a little worse because it does affect others who can't get in. But and but you know, it's good in the sense that we found out more about how corrupt college is, and of course we know that these sports kids should, I don't know if they should get paid. We got to fix that thing. You know, you can't, I don't know, you're taking away people's Heisman's because they, you know, somebody gave them a car because they bought their, they got the national championship. Shut up, you two-faced bastards. Now we know for sure you're all two-faced. And everything just comes down to money as it is. But... What a couple people want to do some swirls of paint. Who gives a shit? So what do I care if Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman, whatever they want to do with their swirls of paint, who gives a shit? I really don't care. They want to get their spoiled fucking twats into schools and the stupid schools at that. I mean, USC isn't a stupid, stupid school, but it's like, you know, I mean, is that hard to get into? I don't know. Is, is anything? Maybe if they were creative. And that's the other thing, too. The guy was like, no, I can put you on the crew team. Well, you know, then put them on the crew team. you know what I mean you don't have to be great you can be on the crew team then they'll be and then they at least get kicked off because they know you stink. you know do the crew team. Melon, get your suit on <laughs> or or how about this make a false make a make a crew team made up of just rich kids whose parents bought their way into school make make them be a separate like uh, uh, you guys will always be group D and then I mean there's your story there's your bad news bears you know all of a sudden the the, the rich parents uh, of the kids who 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 have no idea how to crew they don't care that but the, but they come together and like hey let's show everybody what we can do now that's now that's a show what'd you do today I wrote crew I I, I ended up with that's a show. I had breakfast I went down to crew practice. Now that's how you'd keep everything going for a long time. And then Tom Chalu said the most interesting thing is like, look at they they go after these celebrities when they should be going after the big fish. Whoever was truly involved. What, you know, the 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 chancellor of the school or something. He, he, the way he put it, it's like you almost feel bad for Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, which nobody feels bad for, but I'm saying. They just went after the celebrities on purpose where you could have gone after El Chapo. And when you put it that way it was kind of interesting. I never thought about it like that, but that probably is the case. But meanwhile the guy that did it looks just like Jerry Sandusky. So he looks completely creepy. But of course people would say the same thing about me if I got caught with some something. People would be like, "Oh my god, that guy looks so creepy." I think I look like I think people say that anyway when they see my Instagram pictures, but You know, once I get that new hair, it'll be different. Then I could totally be the pedophile I need to be, and people would be like, God, he's so handsome. He has all his hair. Usually pedophiles are bald, or they shave their head. This is odd. I did not see this coming. And that's the best, too. It's like, you know, when I do run for office, you know, I'm planning on running for Manhattan borough president, get rid of these fucking parades. But whatever happens, like, so nothing will come back at me then, but let's just say that somehow works out well and I end up going for the mayor of New York city or something. I mean, can you imagine or, or whatever? <laughs> well, then, you know, these podcasts are coming back and all they do is play the clip from the bad news bears. Uh, Juice fix niggers. And now a girl. Ugh. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, I'll just keep saying it so you can have more access to the clip. So you don't have to go through the, uh, the files. just uh, so the news people know already. Maybe I should just put it up there. Listen at, uh, you know, 45 minutes uh, on the, the St. Patrick's Day uh, podcast. Uh, just says Jews picks niggers. And now girls, uh, just so you have it ready. to go, I'll just put it out for you now. Meanwhile, like I said, in this day and age, I'm pretty sure by the time I was elected or doing anything, I'll be able to get away with anything. Are you kidding me? The guy who put on blackface in Virginia, the guy, they're still in office because no one cares anymore. Blackface. You know what's funny? I did my Michael Jackson thing. You can find it kind of on YouTube. It's hard to find. Maybe I'll uh, get you the link sometimes. But I did Michael Jackson in 1983 in a sketch of my college. Thank God did not wear blackface. Just wore my members-only jacket and uh, tried to sing like this. I'm, honestly, I'm not like other guys. No, I, I mean I'm different. Yeah, you were scared. I could that, 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 that. <laughs> That's how I did it. But thank God I didn't wear blackface. Yipes. That was a close call, hon. Huh? It certainly wouldn't have been it would have been easy. I could have I can see myself in 1983 with a girl putting on the makeup and us just laughing hysterically, not even thinking for a second and then going to the other black guys in the cast and being like, "Hey, check it out. We're brothers." I, I mean, I could totally see doing that. I don't know how they would have felt, but I could see in my mind thinking this was perfectly fine, and then, but also knowing this is fucked up that people used to do this, you know. But certainly, we're different times, so that's why I don't know. Can I mean the way those guys did it in Virginia? That was blackface, like minstrel show shit. And they got a guy. The I mean, you got to you got to be smarter. If I'm dressing up like Michael Jackson, it seems. Not as, you know, horrible. I mean, pretty much by the 80s, we knew minstrel shows were pretty damn racist. But dressing up like Michael Jackson, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. Which is why uh, what Megan Kelly was trying to say and why, you know, they just kicked her off because they just wanted her out. They were just looking for an excuse. But, uh, you know, I see her. She's like, what? I, I wanted to dress like Diana Ross. What? What? She's right. Oh, she's so pretty so listen to what happened to me last night so yesterday all right let me just start from the beginning i'll start from the beginning on friday night friday night you know i know that stupid parade is on saturday so friday night uh you know sometimes i'm on the anthony cumia show and uh you know now that Artie is in uh, incarcerated or whatever he is um they brought this guy on, Dave Landau, who's on the show. I don't know if some of you listen to the uh, Anthony Cumia show that listen to this podcast. And I love doing their show, and as, as racist as it may be, it certainly is a lot of fun. Anthony and Dave Landau, who I've just met a couple times doing the show, um, we really get along well, you know, like me, Paul Rudd, and uh, Jonathan Dinklage. Um, but we do, and we know all the movie lines, and we make each other laugh, and it's really, really fun. And uh, apparently we're all, uh, <laughs> we've all been in prison. You know, it's, uh, well, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> I just keep, I, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't, how am I friends with uh, people that are such degenerates, you know, like like people like Artie? How am I close with them? Or Anthony Cumia, like, they all have prison records. And now I found out Dave Lando had been arrested like 13 times, such a sweetheart of a guy. And I'm like, well, how did, I, I could imagine my, I can't imagine my, you know, elementary or high school self-being because I certainly wasn't a a bad kid. And, and then all these things happened. And, but then I realized I really am, I guess, just friends friendly with everybody, I guess. But I am those guys. I mean, I'm just as bad as they are. But, I you know, I get arrested for stupid stuff. None of us guys are murderers or anything. You know, we just get arrested for stupid stuff. We're idiots. But it is kind of funny um, that we do stick together. But anyway, this guy... Dave Landau nothing but nice and he's funny on the show and he's good at, uh, you know, improv. Like, I'm just saying, you know, making stuff, making things funny on the spot, which sometimes I'm not. And um, I know he was performing and I've been, you know, doing this thing lately where I've been going to see a lot of friends do sets, you know, like Lenny Marcus who will be on the show on March 26th with Sam Burrell, Marina Franklin, Chris Stefano, and Four Unknowns. Um, Keanu. uh uh, and uh by the way i texted paul rudd to see if he would be interested in judging have not heard back yet it's only been a day i don't think i'll write back but i i took a shot i took a shot why not then i even wrote in the text too soon hey pal (laughs) I, i i didn't think anything i mean it is the comedy seller it's not like i'm asking him to come down to the chuckle hut and you know, judge some folks. It seems like a good deal. He knows the seller. He knows the Village Underground. He's on the Netflix special with Atel and Jeff. So, I mean, I would have asked Tell and Jeff to do it, too. I'm going to ask them, too. So why not, my new friend Paul Rudd? Anyway, I am really all over the place today, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's beautiful outside. I'm just staring out the window. It's so lovely out. I'm in a good mood. So anyway, I've been seeing a lot of friends. So, I, so Dave said he was playing at these places. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll come to that. And then I saw he was playing at Bananas in New Jersey, which is like eight miles out of the city. You know, I've been there before. It's like a, it's, it's horrible. It's like a hotel. But a hotel place there, too. I mean, everybody plays there because it's so close. It's in a hotel. It's a, it's like you don't you're in like northern New Jersey, like Paramus. I mean, you're really like eight miles away from the city, yet you feel like you're in Kentucky, uh, judging by the audience and where they have it it's so weird but you get to see people do full sets so i said so i wanted to see dave so i had it on my calendar and you know we're not friends yet you know we're just becoming friends and i instagrammed him and i said you know is it sold out or whatever and he goes no i think you can get it i'll put your name at the door and then i'm like can i can i get three tickets i feel you know then you feel like an asshole um because i invited my sister's married friend this girl karen who's really pretty and nice and i like her but i like her husband too I just asked her because I, I don't know. She looks like she was up for a party, and, uh, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to come." And I'm like, I assume the invitation was open to Dean, and I was like, "Uh, you know, which is her husband." And I'm like, "Uh, uh, yeah, but, but you know, of course, it doesn't matter. It just, I, I guess, I don't know why I was just thinking it would be me and her. I guess I just, uh, I, I, her husband's great. I mean, really great guy. So." Uh, I don't know why. I, was, I guess just because getting three for somebody you don't know is awkward. So, and I knew my sister couldn't come, so I just asked one of her friends, and she's always like, "Why don't you call me when you do this stuff?" So I did, but no big deal. I just asked him. I hope it's okay. And then I, I was like nervous. You know, again, becoming friends with a new boy is always very awkward. And this is the second time in in, in two weeks. You know, I've been have new boyfriends. <laughs> Gay is that. Sounds. But you guys know what I'm talking about. It's very difficult to come to become friends with a boy. I mean, even if you're married and your kids are friends, and you're becoming friends because your neighbors and your kids are in the same school, isn't it always difficult for the boys? It's so much easier for the women to become friendly. It's difficult for the boys. I mean, you like each other, but then there's always this people will never understand just the the homophobia that does exist between straight men and it will be there forever. Like you don't want to be like you like the guy that much because it's too gay. It's like, you know, it's like I don't care how, what stratosphere we go to where everybody's okay with gay people and, you know, and and, and we are, you know, I mean, you know, I don't care, but there is a thing where you just, you got to be cool. You don't want to act too like you're like into them, <laughs> you know, but even though you know you like each other, you know you're going to spend time together because you don't want any of them to think that you're gay and that is just a childhood thing that I don't know, maybe that'll change years from now but I don't think it will this is what guys do even the best of guys um, so I was just nervous and you know we then I texted him I gave him my number and I was—I just, just wanted to make sure there were going to be three tickets there but I didn't want to be a dick I don't know him I'm going to, the first time I'm going to his show but he was nothing but nice and I went to the show on Friday and he was terrific thank God he was really terrific he has this uh, whole other demeanor that he kind of does on stage instead of like that he does on the TV show and he was really great really great Forty-five minutes, great job, um, fun time. You know that couple I go with—they're great. And then, um, so he was cool, and we texted the next day, and I thanked him, and he was like, "Thanks for coming." And nice kid. He, uh, you know, he's married with a kid, I guess, and I, I think they live in Detroit. And he has—he spends time here because he's on the TV show Monday through Thursday, and then he goes back and forth. But um, yeah, I would totally now use him uh, at the cellar, which I think I would. I think he's really good. Uh, or maybe he's just on the road good. I think we've spoken about that before. A lot of people can't hack it in the city. Or years ago, it used to be that way. Uh, and they're better on the road. So I don't know. We'll find out in the future. But uh, So then I went down to my sister because it was her birthday on March 15th. So I went down. because so I knew I was going to stay over. I said, uh, you know, we'll meet you for a birthday drink. And we go to this bar. We hang out. And. And um, met her for the birthday drink, just like uh, as advertised. And it was uh, it was fun. So then the next day, I wake up because me and my friend Joe and Cousin Frankie are going to go to Aunt Judy's and pick up a bunch of her shit, and, uh, and Cousin Frankie's going to put it on eBay. So that's the plan. But I can't go to Aunt Judy's and not stop by my mother's so I tell her I'll I'll come before, I'll come an hour earlier, I'll spend some time with you, and then I gotta go with those guys and we'll pick up her stuff and then leave. And then I'll come back for a little bit with the boys, because everybody wanted to meet Rhoda. Who wouldn't? So I woke I went down to Rhoda's and I got there at like nine o'clock in the morning, you know, after oh my god, because I got home on Friday and I just I got Taco Bell. I wasn't even hungry. I only got it because I needed activities. I don't know, cause I knew I wasn't gonna go right to bed. I'm at somebody else's house oh it's horrible gotta stop doing that but yeah oh i had the car Taco about was open i mean it's like when i have the car i'm like should i get something to eat because i can Ugh, not cool anyway went down to road is she, she didn't even know i was coming oh you're coming today what the hell that's <laughs> such a weirdo so uh so i hung out with her for an hour started watching uh because she found out that Joe and Frankie were coming. Uh, she was like, oh, I better take a shower. And I'm like, these guys don't give a shit. <laughs> so I started watching that thing on HBO, that case against Nod. Whatever, the, I can't pronounce the kid's name a hundred times. But the one that they had in the serial podcast on NPR, there's the most downloaded podcast of all time. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of it, because I listened to all 10 episodes of that. That case that Sarah Cronick, I think her name is, did. It was so good. But this case that Indian boy... Uh, who was not just accused, but uh, convicted of killing his ex-girlfriend, this uh, Korean girl. And, you know, I listened to the whole case and you really don't, I mean, you know, the, the the girl even makes fun of the podcast. She goes, I can't believe I won an award for a podcast we didn't even solve at the end. You know, it has no ending. So now, I mean, people are so fascinated. with is a thing that happened 20 years ago and it's funny seeing these high school, high school kids all grown up um, That's now HBO is doing a, again. And it is kind of weird because you want to believe this kid and his family looks nothing but nice. His sister is became a lawyer and talks completely normal, but wears the rap. And when you see those people coming out of the mosque, you know, this guy in New Zealand was a white guy and he shot up a mosque. And you see them all coming out. You know, when when they're wearing the, the I don't know what they're called, you know, the over their faces and stuff. It's, it's so weird. You it's very difficult in this day and age to feel sorry for them. I know a lot of these people. But unfortunately, because of September 11th, it's difficult. It's difficult to trust sometimes. And you see this girl, and she's talking to her. She's just trying to get her brother out of jail. But why is she wearing that thing as a lawyer? I, you know, that? I mean, that's it. That, how can you not think that way? Yeah, probably racist, but. You know, uh, there's too many movies and TV where those people are always end up being the bad people. You know, if you watch The Bodyguard on Netflix or anything, and I don't know, you know, they're all up to something. And there's no, and clearly this gunman thought that too. So it's horrible. Now I, I know plenty of people that are good people, and they go to mosques and stuff. But you know, it's weird. It's weird because those are the people that, you know, they're always in the raps that start a lot of the a lot of the massacres. Huh. It's tough. It's tough to figure out who's good and who's bad. Of course, you can say that about anyone. But the turbines aren't helpful, unfortunately. Um, and we tend not to trust. Because what are you gonna do? To a proven I still don't trust Germans. So what are you gonna what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So you're watching this thing. This girl seems totally cool, and I—I I don't believe the kid did it. I think it was this new boyfriend that did it. I'll, uh, and he's all messed. I—I I, you know nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean I—I am pretty sure the HBO thing is going to end with in still not knowing anything. This guy's still going to be in jail, but it's still fascinating me. The—the the story is great. I can watch it a hundred times, and it's a series on HBO. So I was watching it uh, at my mom's, waiting for Joe and cousin Frankie to come over, and I got about forty minutes in. It's about an hour. Then I, I think it's a series, and then I went over to Judy's, and it was and they were already in there. It was really funny, and we uh, picked up her stuff, and she was thrilled. And um, it, it was just and they, these guys, Joe and Frank, they know what sells on eBay. They're like, "Oh my god, this is great! Oh, and it's in the box," so they know, you know, what's going to sell. And uh, we we hauled it all out, and Aunt Judy was thrilled, even though she doesn't care. It's not like my mother, who would be completely thrilled if we talk everything she has out in the street she could start over the two houses are so different aunt judy's is well it's lived in i actually like it there it's lived in she's got tv in the kitchen it's always on she's you know there's newspapers all over whereas my mother's the exact opposite it's like it's it's so immaculately clean it looks like no one's ever lived there but but it's still good it's not like uncomfortable to sit in or anything but it does look like plastic should be on every couch. And it's, I'm sure she's like, I really should have plastic on these (laughs) couches. But she, you know, she tries and stop herself. But it's immaculate. And she won't even go over to Aunt Judy's house because it's repulsive to her. So then we we went over to, you know, we looked at uh, also some, you know, pictures and stuff. It was really fun. You know, (laughs) they're like, wait, this is, David with hair, and I'm like, I told you guys I used to have hair. How did they not think I used to have hair? Everybody used to have hair. Um, and then we went to Rhoda's. We said hello, and then we went downstairs to Rhoda's, and we and they found some more treasure chests of stuff that they were like, Oh, can I have this? Can I have this? I mean, to sell, I guess. Let alone my comic books, which they were so angry about. Oh, cousin Frankie was so angry. Oh, wait, first of all, when we got there, <laughs> Joe, Joe knows my mother. So then he goes, and this is Frankie. And she goes, oh, I, I've never heard that name before. I've never said that name before. This this woman is just as bad as uh, Lori because She's so uh, privileged in her, or whatever you would call it, so shut out of uh, just her, in the moment of her Judaism, she's never met anyone named Frankie. She's met Franks. But not Frankie. She doesn't know any Italians. You know, she doesn't She doesn't associate with any. Oh, I've never heard that kind of name before. I've never said that name before. Hello, Frankie. <laughs> you can almost hear the excitement in her voice. I mean, was, I was thrilled that I think she was excited. I mean, how many times have I told her, don't be so snobby. It's fun to meet people outside your wheelhouse, dummy. You're just as prejudiced as everybody else if you're just like, uh, I can only be friends with Jewish people. There's plenty of other nice people out there, including the Muslims, in which I was uh, best man at two different weddings. <laughs> I like everybody, and I'm also suspicious of everyone. But how funny is that? Now, what kind of name is Frankie? Oh, that's different. Have you killed anyone before? Do you like a pasta? And Cousin Frankie, could have, he's just the nicest, sweetest person, but uh, I think she was thrilled just to meet people. The people came over. and We said hello, and then we went downstairs. And I have all the my dad's videotapes are still there, and they just took a bunch of stuff. But Cousin Frank was furious the way I treat my comic books. I just shove them in a bag. I really don't care to keep them pristine. I just like reading them, but I don't collect. But he was furious. He kept taking them out and stacking them politely. He was so angry. (laughs) It was it was cute actually. He just he couldn't help himself. Um. And we looked at some of my vinyl collection. I mean, it was kind of fun, and we could spend another four hours at my mother's house just collecting, which, again, she'd be thrilled about. Which Aunt Judy also told us that if we look at my mother's book collection, there's probably money socked in there because apparently my dad and mom, uh, his mom used to shove money in there all the time to hide it. <laughs> I, pro- I probably uh, threw out a whole bunch of those books. Damn it! So... Um, so then we, we leave and then we go to, the, uh, go to Joe's house because cousin Frankie's going to take me to this new comic book store, which I was thrilled about in New Jersey. I'd prefer to go to a store in Jersey. That's maybe a little bigger than the one in Manhattan that I go to. It's a little snobby. It's set up too classy in Manhattan. You know, I want to go to like a store, like the big bang theory, you know, like a, like a real comic book store. That's just, you know, a comic book store and you don't have to take an elevator to get there and all that kind of stuff. And so I did. And, I mean, this store delivered. I don't know what city it was in. It's called Zap or something. The guys in there were perfect. I mean, they were exactly what I wanted. It was pretty much Leonard, Wallowitz and Raj just in the store. They were so nice. They were young. They were hilarious. They were complete nerds. I talked to them all for, like, you know, individually for, like, an hour. Uh, but, while well, Cousin Frankie was looking around. But Cousin Frankie gets a stack of... It's so funny because he's like tough and cool, and but he's got like a stack ready of comic books, you know, that they hold for him. Uh, it's really cute, but yes, yeah, so I was talking to these guys about first. We were talking about how much uh, we don't even count Terminator 4 and 5 as real movies, you know. And then I said, Well, Terminator 3 is not too bad, you know. And we're talking about that. I mean, what's more fun than talking about it with the comic book guys, and then, um. They they have a comic book convention which I'm thinking about going to in Wayne, New Jersey, and I said, Oh, like Fountains of Wayne. And then some guy goes, That band, that piece of shit, band, you talk about fountains of fucking Wendy's fucking mother like I mean, he didn't talk like that because he was a nerd. But um I didn't tell them that uh my, my friend is in that band. <laughs> you know my friend and then the guy played Stacy's mom. They're like, Oh, I remember this one. Oh, this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like I I thought it was best not to say anything at that time. But um, but it was really fun, and then what was I talking to this guy? Then I guess then we were talking about comic books. And I ended up by oh, we we're talking about the Shazam movie. How angry I was about it because Shazam, and which was technically Captain Marvel. I still don't understand how Marvel got Captain Marvel because the original Captain Marvel is Shazam from DC, and that was my favorite comic book growing up. I I'm so mad at this movie. I'm kind of glad to make it, but I wanted to make it and make it my way. And I've been they redid the comic book, so I am totally on board with that. I'm on the third issue. And I bought that and a couple of others because I wanted to spend money there because I like these guys and I like that store and it was pleasant to be. I, mean, I even bought a Shazam doll. I'm going to put it on the piano next to my Captain Kirk doll. You know why? Because I'm a nerd too. And that's why I like the Big Bang Theory because even though I do unnerdy things, I do lots of nerdy things. But I love talking to those. Oh, I love talking to those fellas. Oh, please. Say I'm going to buy comic books tonight. Let you know it. Uh, Darling, i love to do an album this evening. That was super fun. The comic book store in the daylight on a Saturday afternoon. It was wonderful. It was good to be out of the office. You know what I was thinking the other day, and I don't even know whether I talked about this. You know, working sucks, right? When you work every day. But it is kind of great that we get two days off. (laughs) I know everybody wants three Sir, it's nice to have weekends off and doing other stuff. At least we get two days off. That sounds pretty good. I bet you there's a lot of countries where you never get off or you only have one day off. But there's definitely something about Sundays that suck because, you know, you got to go back to work on Mondays, even if I work at noon or 2 o'clock, whatever it is. That's a real thing. That's why Saturdays are great. So I never understood why people like Sundays. What? No, Saturday's great because you still got another day off. Saturdays. That's the day. That's everybody's favorite day. Come on. Come on now. Anyway, then I just had to kill time until it was uh, that stupid parade was over. And I finally went home, put my uh, car away. Second week in a row, put my car away around seven, eight o'clock at night. And then just couldn't wait to get home. And it's, I don't know, there was like trouble. Like I didn't want to be in the city. Maybe I was in Jersey too long. I, I don't know. I Feeling uncomfortable. That's too. I just got to get to home base. I got to get home base. So last week I was walking through, and some bad shit happened by the four fucking seasons with some black kids. I, I don't know what happened. I, it was weird. I can't even think about. it. I don't want to talk about it because it was so strange. Because I was like kind of on my guard. I'm like something's wrong. Something's wrong. You get a feeling sometimes, like a, like Keanu's boyfriend. You know, that like, get a feeling. And then something happened. You know what I mean? It's like you can tell. So I was getting that feeling again Saturday night, you know, nothing happened, but just getting that uneasy feeling like I hate living here. It's too risky. I, I, I don't know. I just need to get to home base. I need to get to home base. You know, my house, just relax. Maybe I'll get something to eat. I don't know. Just watch TV. Just sit on the couch. Just relax. Not like I did a whole bunch, but I was out all night and didn't sleep very well or whatever. I just relax. So I'm sitting and I'm trying to just finish that stupid documentary, you know, uh, which I had 20 minutes left. So 10 minutes, I finally sit down. I'm like, this is great. I hear a knock at the door, a knock at the door, a knock at the door in this day and age in New York City in an apartment building is not supposed to happen. Nobody's supposed to knock on your door without texting or calling first. It's not 1975. So there's a knock at the door and it's this woman who lives on the seventh floor. Now maybe I've mentioned this woman before. I mean, she's ridiculously hot, but ri- as hot as she is, she is the most crazy person I've ever met. I'm pretty sure I've told you about her before. She used to be a news reporter. She's in Trading Places. Right? Yeah, we've talked about her before. She has a small part. I mean, the smallest of parts in Trading Places. Good morning, Mr. Valentine. She used to be a newscaster, like in Texas. Gorgeous, you know, like Megan Kelly. What Megan Kelly's going to look like when she's sixty? Still stunning. Dress is hot, crazy. Thinks she was going to be Hillary's running mate. Thinks people are watching her all the time. She's insane. It's insane so much, you got to be careful when you're in the elevator with her, you. you don't know what she's capable of. Instead of like, uh, oh, he made a move on me or something. You got to be careful, but she's so pretty, I I, I let it go. And I talked to her at length many times. Tried to go out with her a couple times. She's not interested. <laughs> But she sure is pretty So it's hard not to talk to her Because she's so pretty Totally my type You know just blonde Really pretty But really crazy So she's she's at the goddamn door And this is my worst fear Because she came once And she's like Can I borrow a jacket And I gave it to her Thank God And then she came in And she's like Yeah I left I left my keys out Do you think I could just crash On your chair for like 10 minutes I just need to sleep for 10 minutes (sighs) and then I got to make a decision, you know. Now I don't want her in my I mean, I want her in my house because, you know, I would like to have sex with her. But that's not going to happen. And even if it did, I got to be careful anyway because I mean, I would have to record the whole thing that it was consensual. I mean, this is the kind of person you would have to you would have to be smart and record it because she's truly insane. I mean, really insane. I mean, she's she says, "Yeah, I'm a day away from getting my uh trust" My trust fund or whatever it is from some oil fields where she's going to make $50,000 or $500,000. She's been talking about this trust thing. I mean, wouldn't it be funny if it was real? Yes, but it's not. She's like, yeah, I got this water bill and that's why the government is after me because this will solve the world's water problem. I mean, she's obviously insane, truly insane. And I know why. I've looked her up online. Uh, She got fired by NBC. She said NBC killed her father. I mean, she's insane. So it's not like, I'm misreading the signs of her sanity. Um, so I said, yeah, uh, okay. Ten minutes. So she comes down, sits down. I'm like, Ugh, I'm never going to finish this goddamn documentary. And, uh, you know, we're talking for a little bit. And I offered her soda. I put it in a cup. I knew she was going to spill it. She did. She's fidgeting around in this chair. She's like, yeah, I marched in the parade all day. And I'm like, what? I told you not to go to that goddamn parade. And why are you wearing those shoes if you're marching in the parade? Who knows if she's even marching in the parade? I mean, she's definitely Irish, but uh, who knows what she's doing? How did she get to march in the parade? She didn't even have any friends. Said, yeah, i marked with the city council, Mike. Uh huh. Uh huh. Whatever, right? So she's like, I called the locksmith. He's supposed to be here. But it's, that was four hours ago, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is never happening. She's never getting the key, And she won't leave keys downstairs with the guys. She doesn't trust them. So I'm stuck. Now well, I wasn't doing anything, so it was no big deal. But then she's like, yeah, I got to go to this restaurant. I was sitting in the restaurant, but I mean, how long can I sit in this restaurant and wait for the guy? But I got to go back to this restaurant where they'll give me money so I can play the locksmith because you know, she doesn't have money. Sometimes her electricity's off because she doesn't have any money. We don't know how she pays her rent. We used to see this fat guy with her that apparently used to pay it, but we don't know why. So she's here, and um, finally it's almost it's almost 11. It's like 10.30. She's been here an hour and a half. And now I'm just getting, I'm like, I really want to order some food, I guess. I don't really need it, but I feel like ordering it. Because it's Saturday night. I'm not doing anything. I want to get a little high. I don't think she'd understand. She's like, uh, and she's not taking a nap. She tried to, but it wasn't working. And uh, Locksmith's not calling her back. And then she's like, yeah, she's calling now for that restaurant, I guess. And the guy says he's going to come over. I'm like, listen, I, listen, this is where I was just like, listen. I, I mean, I, it, it, I feel horrible, but I was like, listen, I don't want this guy coming over here. I don't know who he is. I'm sure he's nothing but nice. I mean, if he truly is the manager of this restaurant, I'm sure he's great. But I don't want him over here. And I said, listen, um. I can't be involved with this anymore. I can't it's it's over for me. And I'm like, "Oh, what am I what, she's like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to sleep in the laundry room." And I'm like, "I ah, I'm sorry. I can't be. She's like, "If if this doesn't work out, can I just, you know, sleep on your couch and you know, I can just head out in the morning." And and uh, that's when I was like, "I I can't let her sleep over here. I it's too risky. She's crazy. Not like she's going to kill me which is hot, but, um, she's, I can't, I mean, I feel horrible, but I can't let her sleep here. You know, I called my friend Michelle in the building later and she's like, you did the right thing. You can't let her sleep there. She's insane. She could clearly just say you raped her or something. I mean, this is the kind of girl that would do this. I mean, I'm nervous now that she could say something, you know, but there's no proof. There's no cameras up here that she was in here or anything, but you know, it's, it's bad. And I felt bad, and I just kind of kicked her out, not in a bad way. And and then I was looking at my phone, but I was looking at the sports scores because I had lost again, and then I got angry. And I was like, she's like, Did, was it somebody who told you to kick me out? Well, that's why you are on your phone? I'm like, see, that's how crazy she is. I'm like, no, no, I just lost a game, and I don't want you to see me get angry. So I used that as an excuse. Listen, I'm about to get very angry, and I don't want you to be here for that. I used anything I could as an excuse, you know? To get her out, and uh, I don't know what happened. I don't care. I can't care. I mean, if she doesn't want to leave keys downstairs, and if she doesn't want to call another locksmith because she says some guy owes her a cylinder, that's her problem. She's in her sixties. She lives in Manhattan. You know, figure it out. It can't be my problem. I can't. I can't let it be my problem. Meanwhile, I'm in my bedroom now. I'm like. I'm like almost like. When I made the call to my friend Michelle, I was whispering because I'm like, is she listening at the door? This is not the first time this has happened with crazy girls that are listening at my door. I had to go, I was, I was talking on my phone like this in the bedroom. I had to talk like this, are you crazy? Because I don't know what's going to happen. Because she could be listening, she could be listening now. I had to close the double door in my bedroom because I was like, maybe she could be outside. I'm talking about her. I'm definitely going to talk about her. And then she finally left, got high and ordered a pizza. It was a great night. Finished that documentary. Watched uh, the Honeymooners, the television episode. It was great, but I was still it like ruined my night. But then I got it back. I got it back because she was freaking me out. I was like, Is she going to be at the door? Is she? Uh, how about ordering the pizza? I was like, Is she? Oh, now she's going to know. Like if the, if she's downstairs in the lobby, I mean, yeah, I got a pizza for Just Gow. Like what? That motherfucker ordered a pizza. I mean, I was this. Oh, you can't. You don't want to live like that. I was afraid to open the door for the pizza guy. But fortunately, he was alone and everything worked out. And uh, it was just nice to be home and alone and uh, you know, then move on. And then today, I think I have to go down to uh, the pizza place down on Bleecker, even though it's St. Patrick's Day, to uh, help out my friend Stevie with uh, his Sweet 16 pool. Because, you know, the pools start again now. It's Selection Sunday. And now I got to start another pool so I can lose more money because I'm an idiot when it comes to, uh, you know, the accounting portion of uh, running these pools. Meanwhile, you would think in my office they wouldn't want me to run pools anymore because now I'm the manager, but they're like, well, who's going to run them? (laughs) So whatever. I don't care, especially this one's pretty easy. You know, just pretty much email everything. I don't have to stop. It's not like I have a physical thing like with the Super Bowl box. I got to go by everybody's office, but then I got to go collect money. I feel like an asshole. I shouldn't be collecting money from anybody. I'm an idiot. Comes from upbringing, you know. Um, We've uh, talked for quite a while about nothing. It's just like Seinfeld. Let me just see. There was totally one other thing I wanted to tell you. Maybe a couple other things, but we'll just leave it at one other thing for tonight. You're going to love this. You hear my rumbling of papers? That's I'm an old man. I use papers. I use papers. I like papers. I like stuff on paper. So... Uh I got this from the receptionist at my office. And she was staying at this house in Connecticut. That's where she was living with this family that she had a friend of this girl's crazy too, right? I'm afraid to have her over my house because of the same reasons. Oh, it's a thing. Oh, it's a scene, man. So she gave me I asked her for this thing cuz I can't even believe it myself. You're not going to believe it either. <laughs> it it so the woman's house she lives at is a normal person, but apparently her mother, you know, these kids that she takes at the grandmother, believes in ghosts and demons and spirits. Just like, ironically, my grandmother used to. Aunt Judy's mother was a huge believer in this kind of stuff. Um, would go to fortune tellers, did tarot cards. Yeah, she was like that, too. This lady apparently is really insane and went to this, whatever you call them, really whatever you would call them, and filled out this sheet called a building and property clearance worksheet, and it's just like an invoice form, and it has the name and owner of tenant and the address and the time of work, date of work, like it's an official form, but these are the things that have to be checked and filled in. It says home building companion animals. And these, these are the things. This is in the home. And then on the other column, it's the land property builder. So it's the outside of the home. And th- this is what it is. Uh, th- this is the check marks that this woman has to check for a fee for this house. Dark entities attached to or inhabiting 43. Dark entities possessing, 20. Two poltergeists. 106 negative extraterrestrials. There's there's six demons and two archdemons. These are all in the house. 54 negative elements. 34 astral entities. 10 human earthbound spirits. 7,545 negative thought forms. There's 108 reptilians, 105 luciferics, 22 astral shells, something else, uh, four tribulations, low level. There's only 120 muted spooks. I guess that means black people. ho ho, hello, um, and 45 rates. And then there's a check mark to, well then, and then outside there's. The same thing, but those are outside and there's a uh, 10,530 negative thought forms this is in Connecticut, mind you. And then there's the uh, you have the, the checkmark said any objects or crystals in the home changed with dark force energy that is being directed at residents. There's 32 of those. There's six vortexes open. There's uh, one of them was used by a dark entities and three of them were used for demonic forces. It's, it's horrible. Um, and there's 10 full open vortexes on the property. I mean, this, this, this is just bad. This place is horrible. Um, fortunately, the energy level of the entire property, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not unfortunately, the entire energy level of the entire property is 0%. There's no good energy there. There's no love level there, and they—and it needs to be raised to 100%. Right now it's at 0 So these people are going to have to spend some money To get their energy level built up at the property, Uh, but then it continues. Uh, There's another section that you have to fill in for uh, viruses, fungi, harmful bacteria. That's all checked off. Doesn't say anything. Uh, Fear, anger, resentments checked off. That I don't. I think that means it's it's good. But there's 41 curses in the place. Uh, Stress, scarce, miscommunication, sadness doesn't, I don't, it's just checked off. I don't know if that means, but I assume if there's no number, it means they're okay. Uh, obsolete telepathic messages, non-psychic attacks, non Blame, astral distortions, dirty electricity, it's okay, it's okay. A noxious energy rays, okay. Non-beneficial frequencies, negative energy patterns, okay. But uh, the geopathic, there's an underground spe- a stream of mis- meosisms, uh, geoprene, there's 17 of those. And there's 41 curses outside the building, too. But fortunately, uh, this woman took care of everything within an hour. Her entire time of work was from 4:10 p.m. to 5: 13 p.m., and it was anchor locked and sealed at 5: 13. So all of this is okay now. you can go back to living in the building because she took care of all these, especially the arch demons. I don't know how she took care of those. but here's the, uh, the caveat: she never went to the building, she did this remotely. Yeah, I don't know where she lives. I think she lives in the Bronx. She was able to do all this remotely. Never been to the house. Grandmother found her online, and she was able to do all of this for the lovely fee of uh, $250. Or maybe $400. I can't remember. But she was able to do all of it remotely. Isn't that terrific? She never even had to come to the property. She never had to pull out that woman uh, from Poltergeist. Like... Only when I say so. Only when I say so. Um, yeah, so the whole building's clean, I guess. Uh, you don't even have to show up. I wonder how she got rid of those arch demons. Those arch demons, they sound bad. They're not just regular demons, they're arch demons. Uh, she only had to get rid of two poltergeists. Remember in the movie Poltergeist, you had to just get rid of that one guy. You get rid of two and you can do that remotely. You're pretty good at what you do. So that's nice. That's nice that this lady was able to take care of that for them for the low price of only 250 bucks. That's great. So I'm thinking about calling her because I'm pretty sure there's some shit going down here. But the problem is with this apartment is that she could be picking up on the negative energy of people, you know, kind of in my building like the crazy lady from seven or you know, maybe some of my next-door neighbors who are delightful, but who knows if they have, you know, excess energy or whatever that's not cool. I mean, you know, this is the problem that I would run into, I guess, if I hired her. But I really think uh, I should give her a try, you know, just to see what, what's going on here and everything. And, you know, see how it's going to be. Uh I wish I was kidding about all of that, but I'm not. Oh, there are people that take advantage. But you got to appreciate putting this sheet together. It's so professional. There's no reason to believe this lady doesn't know what she's talking about. I I don't even know how you come up with five things that you have to get rid of out of the house, let alone 20. I'm impressed. You know what? I might put this sheet up online so you can see it. Maybe I'll put it. You know what? I, I I need a website. So I can share a bunch of stuff with you guys. Uh, That should be my first and foremost thing, really, right? com, Right? So we can do some sharing? I mean, it's easy to put stuff on Twitter, I guess, but maybe I should do that, and quickly. I'll look into that. Uh, I just have to say that on Monday, the day after last week when we were talking, when I met Paul Rudd and stuff, I told you, um, it's so funny, the... That day when I did the podcast, that Monday morning, that night, and I told you I was taking out Tom from accounting. (laughs) Well, I did. (laughs) And it just is so funny. We took pictures of us, like, you know, eating ice cream and went to the steak place. But it was so funny. I told, And and I'm sitting there telling him what I did the night before. And he goes, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, I I have no idea. I'm sorry. I don't know who any of those people are. And and I'm like, well, ask your girlfriend. She'll know. I mean, what's funnier than going out with a, you know, the guy who, uh, you know, uh, does all the music for Hamilton and and the guy who's, a, you know, one of the Marvel superheroes who's going to be in Endgame, the Avengers. And then the next night, you go up with this guy who has no idea who any of those people are. And we have really just nothing to discuss. I mean, that's so funny. But we ate like kings. And that's really the important thing. And I was all dressed up, too, like completely different from the night before, like. You know, like like a manager's supposed to look. You know, in a nice uh, shirt and and and, and some, uh, you know, lovely pants. <laughs> and that's funny stuff. Anyway, I guess that's uh, it for today. Can't really think of anything else that's necessary today. I had a couple of other things, but we've talked for enough today. and We've got to get things going for the 26th. I mean, everything's all set. Just need, I think I need a judge. and I got to figure out, do I, um, Talk, do I start the show or should I still get somebody to MC? Still the the pickle, you might say, in uh, trying to figure out. Like so sometimes when I'm watching comedy, I'm like, no, I could do it, I could do it. And then when I'm up there, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is a huge mistake. So gotta obviously figure that out within a week. Because when this comes out, it'll be one week till the 26th, when we're putting this all this together. And you see on the featured event on comedy seller.com. That was exciting, the featured event and it just says Dave Juskow's Spring Spectacular which is not the name of the show it's supposed to be called the Final Four I gave them the number the name and I gave them the picture to put up and yet they put up the Spring Spectacular well I guess they're assuming he's going to sell out anyway so what's the difference what we call it but then it'll be weird when people go and they don't know what they're in for but who cares the important thing is they're going to get to see the comics they're going to get to see the greats uh, the professionals and uh, I don't think any bit less for their money back that's always the thing right especially if Paul Rudd was to show up, which would be, well, pretty goddamn cool. So that's it for this week, and uh, happy birthday, Rick Ocasek, Ocasek, whatever your goddamn name is, Beatitude, Beatitude. It's both, actually. It's the beauty. (laughs) That's from Turbo Charge, everybody. How are you? And, uh, yeah. So anyway, we'll see you uh, next week when our podcast airs the night of the big show. At the Comedy Cellar on March 26. So that's our show for today, and I will see everybody next week. Have a wonderful week. I hope you all had a lovely St. Patrick's Day and a lovely Ides of March. And I will see everybody next week at the end of March, already heading to the spring countdown to summer. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Night Fly.